It's the Bible Rundown, day 47, Leviticus 19 through 20. We're trucking along. So glad you joined us, Pastor Rob, Pastor David. And uh, some interesting chapters, Rob. So we've talked a lot about the connection of the law to the gospel. Um, maybe it would help our people to make that connection first. Why do these things, why is God giving them to the nation? Well, it's interesting to, to understand. I think he says it right here to, in verse 2 of 19. You shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So obviously the holiness of God's people is to present the holiness of God. And so every time God is asking us to obey commands or he's asking us to obey the word of God or he's asking us to, to be led by the Spirit, it's for his glory. It's not just for the people's benefit, but it's really for his glory, not only to be seen, as you said earlier, by the nations around them, but also for their own uh, their own uh, worship and understanding cleanliness so that God's presence dwells among them. You got anything to add to that? No, I mean, we were talking before we came on. If, if they have a piece of paper, you can draw this out with us, but I think there's a, a, a circle at the center, right? And we're, we're kind of putting all these together. But if the center circle is the presence of God and people being able to dwell in his presence, the next circle is then God carving out a land where these people will dwell. And he says that that land will be made holy for them mm -hmm. so that none of these diseases and things that happened in Egypt will occur to them ever again. And then the outside circle, like you said, is the nations will then see the holiness of God reflected in the land, reflected in his people, and ultimately come to a saving knowledge of who God is. Which is actually a picture of what Christ does, right? He comes, he makes us clean so that we can be clean and holy to reflect to the nations the holiness of God and be and and share with them the gospel, which we're going to get to in Matthew 28 tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. But Leviticus 19 and 20, a lot of commands. Interesting, Rob, we get the commands here that we see Jesus himself pick up on, especially in 19, uh, when we're told to love our neighbor mm. as ourself. Mm. Um you know, Jesus is going to quote that as the second greatest command, right? The greatest command is loving mm -hmm. the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, and then loving your neighbor as yourself, as we see in 1918. Um, but there seems to be, again, this clean, unclean theme going on, right? A weird statement in 19, like, don't breed your cattle with different kinds. Don't sow your field with two kinds of seed. Don't even wear a garment made of two different types of cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what stands out to you? What do we make of it? Well, I think that first point, the first part is is really a a, um, a a telling of the Ten Commands, a retelling of the Ten Commandments. And the, that second part, it's interesting that we're talking about these two kinds of cloth. Later on, we'll get to tattoos. These are these are mm -hmm. interesting topics for uh, a much larger debate. But real real quickly, it is to be separate from the people in which they are going to live 
in and among. And you're going to get that with the child sacrifice as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people are sacrificing their children to Molech. They're wearing these kind of garments. They're not. Um, they're planting their fields and they're taking the fruit early. They're going to be. Uh, they're going to use tattoos as a way of of worshiping the dead. So all of these things are are. God is calling his people to look separate. And again, this is what we said at the beginning, but to look separate so that they can see the glory of God. Yeah. And so uh, would you say that tattoos or, or clothing in today's world uh, would separate you from the, uh, from, from the, the pagan idolaters? It, it's, a, it's a thought, right? I mean, it, we should really think through how do we look different from the world rather than looking like the world does and trying to draw maybe identity from those things. But I, I think what we would come back to is, again, the law has been fulfilled through right. Christ, so we're free to make those decisions on our own through consciousness. Ultimately, I love verse 26 because on the heels of, of the reiteration of the commands to keep the marriage bed holy and the consequences that come for, for sexual sins there— come the reminder to be holy as the Lord is holy. Mm. So rather than thinking of, of how close we can toe the line, our, right. our children's minister, Hope, is really good at, at reiterating this quote with us, right? But rather than looking at how close you can get to the line that the Lord has drawn, let's draw closer to the Lord than we do to the world. And I think that's my translation right. of verse 26, right? Like, we've been called out from the world, so let's live as people that are not of the world. We belong to the world of God's kingdom. Yeah, and some of these are a matter of conscience and sure. how, how we can live for the glory of God with our life. And so, um, but the sexual immorality thing, I wanted to get to in chapter 20 real quick, David, but the sexual immorality is a, uh, is a no-no. And he says uh, here, if a man commits adultery, um, both the adulterer and adulteress shall be put to death. Mm. Now, uh, does, do you think God thinks uh, adultery as, as, as wrong? I think it's safe to say he does. Um, you know, the, the sad picture, I think, in our society is we've become so loose with these things just in terms of not even uh, just the sins themselves, but even in gender identity and in the ways that we've been made in the image of God and how we can reflect that through our sexuality. Um, It's an indictment on ourselves. Like we as Christians have a responsibility to speak into this space and remind people what it means to be created in the image of God, reflect that image in a healthy, righteous way in our own marriages. And so for me, it's just an encouraging reminder, like my marriage to Anna matters to the Lord because it is a reflection and a picture, not just of of what God desires in purity, but ultimately, like we see in Ephesians, of Christ's relationship with the church. Right. And, and also we see this with, uh, with necromancers or mediums or, or spirit doctors or witch doctors, all these, these type of, of people who think that they have access or speak to demons. This is, it, it, they are put to death here. And so in, in today's world, you know, tarot card readers or, 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 or people like that, uh, th- this is against God's design because we are to um, speak with the Lord God Almighty and not the demonic or the satanic worship. 
Yeah. And we're going to see as we work through the Old Testament, Saul goes to a necromancer, gets in big trouble for recalling Samuel from the dead. Um, So clearly a wicked sin that he committed. But yeah, in an age and a culture where magic is celebrated as something good, it's it's a healthy reminder that that supernatural realm around those things that you described are are not things of our God. It's just interesting that the culture, right, should not dictate what God has designed as right and rock. Adultery, fortune telling, uh, these these are type of things that we should not dictate. And and the principle for tattoos and 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 cloth is is that we should be separate. And so if if as long as our conscience dictates that we feel like we are showing ourselves separate from the culture, I think we we're in good shape. That's a good word. And with that, we'll end today. Thanks for joining Bible Rundown.